With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the Chicken Nick Podcast is brought to you by our friends at The Beanery. With locations in Ashland, Papillion, and Gretna, they've got everything that you could want, especially lattes. Bo, how do you like them? I don't mind it being a latte, but it's got to be hot. Thank you very much. Uh, He is one of the top seeds in the drop-off tournament. You'll hear from him many times in this episode and many times in The Beanery Read, which is coming up midway through this episode. It's The Beanery, the official coffee provider of the Chicken Nick show the beanery serving people coffee i'm not trying to disparage the peacocks of st peter's but i was not overly impressed with the, with the peacocks of st peter's so let's put it to you that way Is there anything more frustrating than I mean, being one of the lone national broadcasters that had firsthand knowledge right. of St. Peter's? Right. I mean, you can probably count on one hand the number of national basketball analysts who saw St. Peter's play this season. Right. In person. Yes. You knew uh, everything about this team. I know their whole you knew their roster. Depth. You knew everything. Yes, I know what I know. Their pet plays. I know all. I watched. It's not that I saw them in person, chick. I saw them on film. Like I've watched like five or six of their games. So you had all of that information. I did, and you had them being bounced by Kentucky and just dismissing them on our podcast. Yeah. And now they're in the Sweet Sixteen, and you're just. Should you should have known? Here's you really should have yeah, known. Disappointing. It, it is. Honest. It is. Now I I don't quite remember what. Because this is the new, this is the 2022 version of Old Dominion now, in some ways. But it's one thing to whiff on Old Dominion losing to Butler back in 2010. I mean, that game had to, I mean, I can figure it out by getting my Ken Palm game right here. Hold on one sec.com is what we're going to do here. They lost to Butler. They were, a, it was an 8-9 game, which is hysterical that I would have thought that that was like a major upset or on some level. But it's one thing to get to, to, Proclaim that Old Dominion is going to win. In an 8-9 game, it's another thing to proclaim that Kentucky is going to smash St. Peter's in a 2-15 game. And not only do they not smash them, they lose to them. Wowzers. Wowzers. Old Dominion? I mean, seriously. <sighs> Sorry mean, about that. Yeah, it's, uh, not, it's not good. That's a tough one. It's, it's not that's good. And here's the thing. I am going down. So... I do I do some some hits in basketball season basketball season with Bet Online and give them picks. Right. And one of my picks I gave out last year was like Kentucky minus fifteen and a half. They're gonna smash them. Blah blah blah. And then Kentucky <laughs> loses outright. And guess what I just did before we came on the air? I doubled down. 
I took Purdue minus 12 and a half against St. Peter's. I don't care if St. Peter's is in the national championship game. I'm going to be like, they are, they are not going to win. They're going to not cover the spread. Did they bring up your prediction from last week, or did they just say, hey, you know what? We don't want to disparage how bad you were. We're just going to move on. They just moved on. I had a bad week with my bet online stuff. Your boy picked UConn covering the spread over to Mexico State. Not only did they not cover, they ass got sent home by Teddy Buckets. I mean, so, yeah, some, some uh, quote-unquote national expert I am, you know? The, the, the Huskies are bow-outing? Well, these Huskies are howling. <laughs> oh, man. It's not good, Matt. It is yeah, not good. Was, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about, we, we got to get into the drop-off tournament and everything that's happened there, but your boy got thoughts on everything that happened over the course of the last four days. I got massive thoughts. Okay, we got. Uh, there are a lot of things to discuss. My Final Four is still intact. Purdue yep. is in my Final Four against Gonzaga, taking on uh, and Arizona, Arizona taking on Kansas. So we'll 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 find out. Yes, about who Arizona. Arizona. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're. we're so your at Final Four is fully intact. Your Final it, Four is yeah, fully it's intact. Still intact. Yeah, so is mine. Eight elite, elite eight. Sweet sixteen is not great. No, but yeah, Purdue. I had I had I filled out two or three brackets. I Purdue was in the Final Four on all of them. Like, I'm just – I'm all in on Purdue, okay? I tweeted about them last night while they were down 14-8, to eight, and I said they're the third best team in this tournament remaining. And They got ganged I up. look forward to seeing them in the Final Four. I was about to say I can't envision a scenario where they don't make it to the Final Four, but I didn't want Nebraska fans coming at me for right, my Michigan right. uh, Nebraska take. Right. You can't or do that. Or the Illinois take. Was it the Illinois? Uh, it, it was Illinois, No, it was Michigan State. No, that was – yeah, it was Michigan State. <laughs> No, it was Michigan State. Apologize. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, I was thinking it was uh, Montana, and I was thinking, I want to say it was like Idaho or Idaho State. I forget which one it was. It was one of the non-conference games. I forget the name of the team. I apologize. No, it wasn't Montana. It was Wyoming. I apologize. Yeah, so you channeled your inner Chris there with that one. You just weren't tur- totally sure. By the way, you're – you're good. good. Did get bounced. I'm doing well. Yeah. What do you got? That, okay. that, that got bounced in the drop-off term. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> listen. The good. It's been. It. It's just. It was just happy to be there. You know. It's been. It's been a decade since its its inception. It's happy to finally get the nod into the tournament here. But yet, you boy. I mean, at this point, you want to be able to be the ones that can say like, "Well, I called this team happen or that team happen." But what you really right. want is your. If you have your final four intact. Heading into the second weekend, you feel decent about yourself. Your boy got your boy whiffed on a couple of things, but Final Four is still intact. Uh, I did get Michigan right to the Sweet Sixteen. I did get Iowa State wow. right to the Sweet Sixteen, but your boy wow. whiffed on uh, on a lot of other things. You know, pretty good though. Iowa State to the Sweet Sixteen. That's your Big Twelve homerism still shining through. So yeah, that's good. and I called it. I called. Uh, I, I did a Zoom with TJ Altsberger. You're automatically in the Sweet Sixteen if I'm zoomed with you. You know. I did Big 12 media days that, that no true words have ever been spoken than what you just said. I did Big 12 media days for basketball. Me, Fran Fraschilla, did two hours of TV interviewing all, all the coaches. The Big 12 teams. I want to thank my Uncle Joe for teaching me all the sports. All the sports in action today in the Sweet 16. We'll get to that uh, big matchup for him coming up this week. But, yeah, and I, I only had Kansas – 
getting to, or I had Texas Tech uh, as well, getting Ooh. to the Sweet 16, like who wouldn't? Big deal. But uh, yeah, n- nice weekend for the Big 12. Yep. Great weekend for the ACC. Mm-hmm. Bad weekend for the Big 10. I mean, that's really all you can say. Yeah. Uh, this point. I mean, two teams getting to the Sweet 16 after one got there last year with nine teams. So 18 teams have made the field this year and last year combined with only three making it to the Sweet 16. And, and two of uh, which were Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Isn't Michigan. that right? So Michigan made it last year. Michigan th- so Michigan so, was the the only Sweet 16 team. Last right. year. They made it to five straight Sweet 16. So who do you have winning it all? You have Purdue winning it all? I have Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga. Ah, you got them losing in the semis, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't want to get too crazy. Yeah, let's not get crazy here. I love Purdue. You got them winning? No. <laughs> Jerry, I'm not going to let you bring me down off this high. Ah, I've been partying all night. I saw the sunrise at Liza's. Manelli's? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was underrated Seinfeld scenes ever. So so, uh, so I was stressed because I got Arizona winning it all. So your boy was up late last night and the stress was high. Because you just, you know. You don't want your national champ getting bounced in the first weekend. You feel like a total It's one thing to tell, you know, America to invest their life savings on Kentucky covering the 15 against St. Peter's. It's another to lose your national champ in a meaningless bracket. Well, well, hold on, though. On the bet online, they gave us, like, give us a futures pick that you like for your national champion. And your boy gave Arizona. So your boy was almost over in a major way. So, uh, but, yeah, so I was a little stressed. That's the best thing. It's like about betting and also analysts in college basketball. It's my favorite thing about this season is that before the tournament begins, we flock to the analysts like Billis. What do you think? Greenberg. What do you think? This, that, and the other. And they're wrong uh, on, on most of the games, yeah. right? Because how do you predict something with so many, so much variance of variables that are included? Like, how are these kids going to handle it? What's the pressure? Look at this team that has nothing to lose. They're just happy to be yeah. here. And then, you have all these upsets, and then when we get to the Sweet 16, we go back to those same people. Go now, what do you think is going to happen? Well, now, like, now we'll right. give you a pass for last week. Now you, now you really know what's going on. What do you think? You Tell forecasted us seven days of rain. It was sunny in eighty-seven straight days. Now on the eighth day, what do you think? What do you happen? got? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it as gospel. That's what you're. That's right. In some ways, though, St. Peter's embodies what is. What is great about the tournament, and then what also is silly about the tournament, where anything can happen for 40 minutes in basketball. In that case, it was 45 minutes because it went to overtime. You listen to the Mark Jackson recap show, only on 1620. But anything can happen. We have a caller on the line into that show. Nick, what do you think? But I was not overly impressed with with the Peacocks or St. Peter's. Let's put it through that. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate you calling. Wasn't, I was not impressed. It's crazy that this that they're in the, but that, but you know what I mean. It's truthfully, it's the beauty of the tournament. It is. It, it, it it's St. Peter's is 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 the perfect embodiment of that. You know, I mean, they if they played Kentucky a hundred more times, how many more times do they beat them? I don't know. I'd say under ten. I think if they played a hundred times, I don't know if if they would win more than ten times. Well, especially after losing the first time. Like, okay, now we'll take him Now we'll the take him Yes. <laughs> That's right. Did you did, do you think uh do you think Murray State and San Francisco had prepped for St. Peter's? I bet they didn't. 
it's like when I think it was uh, UMBC. Yes. Didn't they play Kansas State? Yep. In the next round, uh, in that the winner of the eight nine, and I, I tweeted out like, "Here's the guy with the uh, who is in charge of the UMBC scout uh, for Kansas State," and it's the Michael Scott meme that was a few years ago. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're just – hey, buddy, you got the St. Peter's scout. Just, you know, put some clips together. Yeah, you get it. You bet it, buddy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going out to the club. Yeah, I bet Shaheen Holloway to one of his assistants was like, all right, yeah, you had the – you had the uh, – you, you had the you had the scout. Leave it on my – leave it on my desk here, and we'll get it going as as soon as we can. And what you know what's funny, though, about that UMBC thing was – I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I was, to- I was told this weekend I was talking to a coach – they referenced that exact game because we were talking about St. Peter's. And UMBC had not done any scouting for their next round. So they called they called one of the coaches and said, Do you, we gotta get all you have on Kansas State? Because we didn't get we did zero we didn't think we were gonna beat Virginia. Right. You know? We'll cross that bridge when we come to right, it. Right, right, right. You well, you've done some Kansas State prep, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, I have. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly coach. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, just after yeah. we beat Virginia, I'll let you know what I found out. Yeah, I, I oh yeah, I got it all under control. I know all their sideline out of bounds, all that stuff. I got it all under control. <laughs> I got it all under control. But uh all under control. We got it all. All I got it all I got all the scouting reports. All the sports. Uh we'll get to the drop off tournament in a minute. I did post on the uh Twitterverse. What are you more excited for, the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament or the drop-off tournament Sweet 16? Uh, we do have the early returns here. Again, just posted this, you know, 10 minutes before we, we turned on the microphones here. We got. Let's see what the, see what the voting is. What is America is. thinking? The drop-off Sweet 16 has 86% of the vote and just 14%. For the men's tournament, Sweet 16. Are we surprised? I'm not surprised. Nope. Some juicy matchups. Yep. So, uh, anyway, tournament is what it is. Uh, What about the Big Ten, by the way? You want to dive into a a quick little Big Ten uh, conversation here with uh, the fact that in the last 10 years, I mean, Michigan's men's basketball is 23-7 and in the tournament. In the last 10 years, the rest of the Big Ten is 67-54, and like a 554 win percentage in the tournament. Yeah. these teams are just not doing well in the tournament. And I don't think it's – this is just my opinion. I don't think it's the Big Ten is overrated. I think the Big Ten teams are good. I just think there's a difference. And maybe you've covered this league you know, more in depth than I have because you actually cover the games and you know, not only St. Peter's but also Michigan. Ah! And you, you – know, your analysis is <laughs> – Your analysis is always spot on. But I was not overly impressed with, yeah. with the Peacocks of St. Peter, so let's put it to you that way. All right. So, you know, you, you get it. But is there something to the fact that the Big Ten teams are prepared to win in the Big Ten, but they're not prepared to win in the tournament? With how, the, how your teams are constructed, yeah. how the games are called yeah. and officiated, and then you get to the tournament, it's like, okay, uh, time to clutch and grab. I know. I Probably. I thought I thought last year was more about how we didn't get a in terms of the just that isolated performance, how we didn't get we had a very abbreviated non conference, so we didn't get a great sense of just how good everybody was right. at a at a league. 
but when you zoom way out and try to and try to figure it out, I think there's there's probably something to that where the the Big Ten is just so it, it's always dramatic because the last couple of years I've I've done more I'm doing a little bit more Big Ten a little bit more Big Ten a little bit more Big Ten and it's it's so interesting to to go from kind of living in a Big East world and then jumping into the Big Ten where it's it's some it's a very different league extremely different where it's more interior oriented it's more true center oriented it's it's probably a little bit more physical inside and the guard play it just isn't great and what's hard about that though is one of the you know one of the teams that has had success is Michigan and they're they're arguably they're they're led by a big guy you know right. but but over the course of you know you zoom out you go to Karis Levert and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trey Burke and you just go historically like if you're writing down if you're writing down the best guards that the Big Ten has had over the course of the last ten years or whatever that sample size would be for the records you gave I bet a lot of the teams that had success were led by a guard Cassius Winston they go to the Final Four like. I mean, you just go down the line of the teams that got bounced. You know, Iowa doesn't have great guards. Um, you know, it, it's it, you go to to Indiana; they don't have great guards. Like you just go Michigan State. I've never thought their guards are great, and so maybe it's a little bit Illinois like Illinois. Seems like they do have good guards. They just couldn't hit shots. Right. Right. I, right yeah. And and they didn't get out and run. They didn't. They kind of fell into the Houston like half court beat us up thing and that's not if you're Illinois you can't do that like Houston I used to go to Houston games yeah. all the time their culture is set you want to set up half court they're going to beat you up yes I mean yeah because they're really good on the glass they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams too yeah. if it, if you want to make it like that you're probably in trouble so I don't know I wish I had some great take on putting it into perspective with with success and all those things I just think Typically speaking, the guard play, and I don't know, maybe is there something to the, you know, outside of the, maybe the level of just elite athlete from on like the wings and all that is outside of this year, outside of Jaden Ivey. I mean, Michigan's okay athletically. Iowa, Keegan Murray, but he's kind of a hybrid Keegan forward. Murray outside of that. Yeah, yeah. right. And so yeah. uh, maybe there's something to that. I, I, because it's it's easy to chalk up. Because if you want to defend it, you kind of go, well, I, I mean, it's the insane tournament. St. Peter's is in the freaking Sweet Sixteen for crying out loud. You know, you put St. Peter's in the Big Ten, what happens? You know, like, and I get all that, but the problem is we're 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 getting outside of isolated incidents here. Like it's becoming a widespread thing where there's a trend developing on on the Big Ten. I just think my take their their guard plays typically not as good, in particular point guard play. And they're just more interior-oriented. And when that's the case, it's maybe it, it's it's potentially a little more challenging when you get to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last year, nine teams in, six made it to the second round, just one to the Sweet 16. Of course, that was Michigan, bounced in the Elite Eight. Uh, the year prior, didn't have a tournament. 2019, eight made it in. Three to the Sweet 16 and one to the Final Four. That was Michigan State. Uh, they beat maybe Zion and R.J. Barrett, yes. you know, yeah. that year. 
in the regional final. 2018, just four teams made it. Two to the Sweet 16. Michigan made it to the championship game that year. 2017, seven teams made it. Three to the Sweet 16 and none to the Elite Eight. 2016, seven teams made it to the field. Three to the Sweet 16, none to the Elite Eight. Uh, 2015, one team made it to the championship game. Seven made it to the tournament. Two to the Sweet 16. That was Wisconsin, which lost to Duke. So, you know, we'll see. I think, you know, if Purdue goes on and wins a national championship, no one cares how many made it to the Sweet 16. Right, but it's been 22 years since then. It's hard to imagine Purdue doing that. But, I, you know, I, I would love to see Purdue and Gonzaga and just see if they have to put Edie and Williams on the floor at the same time with Holmgren and Timmy. Like, I, I, I just think fun. the chess match would be really That'd be really, really fun to see. That'd be just an enormous front-line guys. But, yeah, it's almost – it's where conference affiliation does matter in terms of, generally speaking, how teams are – there's kind of just like a quicksand to it of, like, in the Big 12 football, like – Every team kind of wants to air it out, so you better be able to match the points, and you better be able, you better be able to put seven defensive backs on the field and defend a, a team that wants to air it out fifty times. And then all of a sudden, you know, in one team match, one team sets the tone, and the other team has to match it, and then the other team has to match it, and the other team has to match it. That becomes kind of how that league is, and I think to a certain extent, the Big Ten is like that with the Big Ten or with the, with big guys where. Well, we got to get someone to handle Trace Jackson Davis. Well, we got to get someone to handle Travion Williams and Zach Eady. Well, we got to get someone to handle Kofi Coburn. Well, we got to get someone to handle, you know, it just goes, we got to get someone to handle uh, Luca Garza. We got to get someone to, ha- you know, it just kind of goes on and on and on and on and on. And before you know it, uh, the league is kind of very similar in how everybody's built because everybody's trying to match up with each other. And yeah, when you step outside of that, I think it's, I don't know, I think there's some Big 12 football and Big 10 basketball kind of comps there with with how each team's built or each conference is built. Almost prevented from going out and winning games when it comes to the NCAA tournament because of how you have to go win games in the Big 10 and how the teams are constructed. It's just really interesting. And again, unless you have like a yeah, the, Purdue's got the bigs, but Jaden Ivey Jade is Ivey's, a lottery pick. Yes, right. Right. So that helps. Yeah. Right. Um so yeah, it's gonna be Yeah, I mean I'm looking you know, at the twenty eighteen Michigan team. It's like they have Jordan they had Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole's right. in the league. Hit the big shot against Hit the Houston. big shot. Right. Like I mean, he's in the league. He's doing they had Mo Wagner, yeah, he's a big, but he's skilled. You know, that like they they had Duncan Robinson. Guess who's in the league? Duncan Robinson is. Like, you know, you, you just you you go down the line and and it's you know, Purdue, what makes Purdue really, really difficult to defend is the two bigs, but what is ultimately going to allow Purdue to potentially get to the Final Four is Jaden Ivey. Like, just you have to have a wing like that. And, yeah, it's it's a really interesting – I always – you can get it – you can get yourself – like I said, you can get yourself in a, into trouble of using NCAA tournament results as a complete referendum on a conference in isolated years, but – Again, what we're t- this is now. There's a trend here, and and there also hasn't been a lot of turnover with the coaching in the Big Ten. You know, it's a lot of the same. Wisconsin's looked the same for years. Izzo's been there for years. You know, like the, a lot of these schools have had great continuity, and so it's just the styles have stayed the same. And yeah, you run through a big, and you could run into some problems. Um, and uh, we'll see. Purdue. 
has adapted. Matt Painter's adapted uh, a little bit. He's got just really a perfect roster here, and we'll, so we'll see if they can uh, they can go through this. They got St. Peter's, and then maybe North Carolina or UCLA. No one wants to hear about us talk about the Big Ten. Uh, they want to hear about the drop off tournament, mm-hmm. and. Uh, this was the votes last week. I don't know if you uh, oh, I tracked checked. it. Yes, check for there was up. one. There was one that was very very close, and I thought it was going to be fifty fifty. You can't go into the votes and say okay, it was fifty fifty, but it's an odd number of votes, so someone had to get. But eventually, we did uh, get through it. Uh, just to recap here, uh, the Beanery region. What in the world defeated uh, Alyssa? Her saying, I don't, uh, 74 to 26%. Sorry, Alyssa. Uh, elsewhere in the Beanery region, Marquis Stepp defeated Sam McEwen, 30 to, I'm happy about that, 68% to 32%. No one else is having this conversation. It's on so podcast. good for you to like deliver it the way you're delivering it. It's so great. stupid. In the Klanecki region, the Bo Pelini is this guy a douche. Takes down Jacob wins 59% to 41%. I think that's my only drop, so I'm out. You're out. Congratulations on your participation. You're like the Big Ten. You got so many teams in the field. There's a lot more pressure on you to advance. <laughs> uh, one of your drops did fall. Uh, the Kalanicki region, Tre- Trev Alberts, you're good at asking questions, aren't you? Defeats Donovan Raiola 78% to 22%. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? It's Trev. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere in the Mamie region, the closest one was Balloon in My Booth taking on Wife and Me DMs. Greg Sharp wins at 51% to 49%. That, that was closer than I anticipated it to be. Uh, Ethan tweeted in, the committee really screwed these two with these seedings, arguably the top two drops of the year. Wow. Uh, let's not go to that crazy. Wife was in Me DMs. That really, the one, the one episode we went all in on that, it was yes. a good time. And I think You know what that episode was called? Wife was in the Yeah, when you get an episode named after you, I mean, elsewhere in the Mamie region, pee in their pants took down good. That was a Nick on Nick crime. Ah, well, why do you gotta match us up? Sixty-six percent to thirty-four percent. Just how the committee sees it. I'm sorry, nonsense. But you did advance in the suits region. <laughs> all dang season took down Gary Sharp overmodulated sixty-eight percent to thirty-two percent. All thanks season. I guess it's Scott Baugh good. tweets in, rough draw. Both are one and two seeds, in my opinion. <laughs> and, then, and then in the other suits region matchup, Bill Moose out of the area, 72%. I love Ryan Rosillo, 28%. Another Nick on Nick matchup. Well, this this committee, look at you. Now you're going to be like, oh, the Nick drops are overrated. You're matching up Nick on Nick. <laughs> this is like Michi- Michigan against Ohio State. Well, Michigan won. Big Ten overrated. Big See ten, the Buckeyes. Big Ten going home. What's new? It's like, well, they played each other. <laughs> See that team lose in the Big Ten tournament? Overrated in the Big Ten. They lost to another Big Ten team. What just happened here? All right. Are you ready? Oh, I've never been more ready. Okay. Here we go. This is your Sweet 16. Now, and again, you're going to see ones and two seeds right, now. Right. They got buys. Okay. Into this round. Here we go. Your Sweet 16 in the drop-off tournament 2022. Enjoy. It's exciting. I'm not happy about the that. You're crap. You're a clown. What are you, 10? What's going on, Bubba? You obviously don't understand Nebraska football. 
from Herdat Media. It's the 2021 Chick and Nick Show Drop-Off Tournament. Wonderful. Today, it's the Sweet 16. Wonderful. The number one overall seed in the Beanery region, Nick Henrich, trying to pretend he doesn't know the stat he's about to say. Yeah, I mean, fans, obviously it's been, I think, whatever, 644 days or something like that exactly, but... Taking on the Husker running back, Marquis Stepp, with a poor guess about the number of fans. 30? Then it's the number three seed, Matt Davison, misquoting the hook in the Carmen Sandiego song. What in the world? Taking on the two seed, another Matt Davison quote, taken from when he was a preschool teacher. Get lined up. Then in the Klanecki region, it's the number four overall seed, the number one seed in the region, John Bishop, when asked if he wants to room with Nick Ball on the road. Yeah! Taking on the five seed, Bo Pelini, quoting what Nick Ball would ask when he rooms with John Bishop. Pardon my friends, but is this guy a douche? Sticking in the Klanecki region, it's the number three seed, Trev Alberts giving a lot of credit to Matt Schick. Wow, you're pretty good at asking questions, aren't you? Taking on the two seed, Bo Pelini, wondering why Trev Alberts would do that. What good, like, why? Like, who does that? Then in the Mamie region, it's the number two overall seed, Rudy Tomjanovich, thanking America's uncle. I want to thank my uncle Joe for teaching me all the sports. Taking on the five seed, Greg Sharp, sounding like Uncle Joe's nephew. There's a bullet in my booth. And it's the two seed, Nick Baugh, during the Husker Tunnel Walk, being very grammatically incorrect. I mean, you have to go back to 09010 to me. Taking on the three seed in the Mamie region, Nick Baugh, talking about Matt Davison's preschool students. And they're bad. Then in the Suits region, it's the number three overall seed, Bo Pelini letting us know about his drink preference. I don't mind it being a latte, but it's got to be hot. Taking on the four seed, Nick Baugh, singing about why Husker football has hope. Bill Moose is out of the area. Then it's the three seed, Nick Baugh and John Bishop making uncomfortable noise together. He made those like he made them all. Taking on the two seed, Nick Baugh giving very strange praise to the Nebraska baseball coach. That boy will bolt up in that thing. And those are your matchups in the Chicken Nick Show drop-off tournament, Sweet 16. Follow the Chicken Nick Show on Twitter and cast your votes. The polls will be open all week. It's the Chicken Nick Show drop-off tournament. Catch the fever. Wow, those are some star-studded dr- drops right there. My favorite part of that is just setting up the drops just completely out of context. Just ridiculous just, ways. Just because you have to. You have to do it like that. You've advanced a lot of teams into the Sweet 16. Right. Really surprising. Uh, you've got you, – you don't have any on the left-hand side of the bracket. But on the right-hand side, I'm you've dominating. got Bill Moose out of the area. You've got all dang season, which is <laughs> part of you. An uncomfortable part of you. You've got 09010. You got P in their pants. You got four seeds on the right hand side of that bracket. But again, you can see that bracket. It's a pinned tweet on the Chicken Nick Show Twitter account. Man, I. What's your gut tell you on who's winning this thing right now? I know who I'm, I'm where I'm leaning. 
I, I'm still with 644 days. I think that's really going to be hard to beat with Nick Hendrich. I mean, it's hard not to see two ones matching up in the championship with Rudy T. But I will tell you that the more I hear it, the more I love all dang shit. Like it's just it's it's incomprehensible and you and it's intelligent unintelligible. Like I, I don't know what is being said there. And the fact is, we had someone the other night tweet into us that they couldn't watch the Texas basketball game and hear Christian Bishop's name, who transferred to Texas, yes. without thinking about the entire Christian Bishop drop, which. <laughs> You know, is the the uncomfortable thing about it is we've got two <laughs> drops from that long drop have been separated in the drop off tournament. Christian Bishop, ah! come on, CB, yeah, oh, Christian Bishop. I mean, he made those like he made them all. Oh. <laughs> there are so many things about that drop. That are like one that has gone underutilized is John Bishop's whole mama. Oh, John! <laughs> no, like it's the Sapruder film. We need to analyze it. Oh, John! I mean, basically everything that happens frame by frame is all droppable, right? Like you could kind of cut it out and make a drop each individual comment like, in the whole thing. After you yell Christian Bishop in the beginning, he sounds like a bird. Christian! No, I'm all dang season with my groan with John smashing a chair is audio gold. Especially if you think about just him taking like school punishment back in the day, just paddling you. (laughs) Why would I have groaned? You got sent to the principal's office. Right. (laughs) I've been telling you not to do that all dang season. I mean, seriously, that sounds like I got I got a paddling. That's what, what it sounds like. Punishment there. Yes, but I uh, I'm with you. I think that's the dark horse of this thing. If you want to call yeah. it the dark horse, yeah. I just when you when you play Rudy T's in its entirety, to me, it's. I, in my, it's probably been the most famous drop over the last year. And my, not that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to win, but I, it's got it's it to me has all the ingredients of a champ. Look, it it, it really does. It ha- it does. It's clean. It's efficient. Its usage rate is high, and might be underseated as the number two overall seed. I want to thank my uncle Joe for teaching me. All the sports. That was Rudy T. Rudy Tomjanovich at his Hall of Fame induction, thanking his Uncle Joe. No idea who Uncle Joe is. The first time anyone's heard of Uncle Joe. And thanking him for teaching him all of the sports. And it's like, all the sports. Like, there are so many sports. Like, Uncle Joe. Like, he taught you, like, was it badminton? badminton. All the sports. You know, field hockey? 
All the sports. Ping pong? All the sports. I mean, you just took really all of them? Appreciate, you know, I wish he would have gone through all the sports. You know, thank you for, you know, polo and squash. All the sports. Just going through everything. I mean, seriously. It's almost like before he walked out onto the stage, someone ran up to Rudy T and was like, Rudy, Rudy, I just reviewed your speech. You didn't thank Joe. You got to work Joe into it. You didn't thank Joe. He's here. You got to think. And ladies and gentlemen, Rudy Tom Jonathan. And he was like, um. I want to thank my Uncle Joe for teaching me all the sports. Nice. I save. Rudy T. Uncle Joe was in the stands. Like, I did. I taught him every one of them. I'm going to guess Uncle Joe's dead. I'm going to guess Uncle Joe's dead. You know who's not dead? Who? Pete Gillen. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Rex. Crikey.com. Rex Chapman, who is on the coverage because he wears good glasses and is a social media presence, has a CNN show coming up, had this to say when talking about Providence making it to the Sweet 16. The first time since 25 years ago when he had when Pete Gillen had God sham God rest in rest in peace Pete Gillen there you go <laughs> Pete Gillen Pete Gillen is alive Pete Gillen is 74 years old and will turn 75 in June he calls games he's on TV Pete Gillen calls games on CBS Sports Network so it's not like Pete Gillen is like retired and not visible Pete Gillen is on television, I would guess, 15 to 20 times a year. And he's in studio at times. So it's, so, he is, uh, that's that's not correct, Rex Chapman. Here's the thing. When you are going to, when we talk about fact-checking in this day and age, right, 2022, fact-checking is a big big part of our society here. The biggest fact-check is, is this person dead or alive? Yes. If you don't get that right, that's a big matzo ball hanging out there. And what he did there, Rex Chapman, all he had to do was not say rest in peace. No. That's all he had to do. Right. Just say Pete Gillen. He had a good team. Instead, he drops the rest in, pe- rest in peace, Pete Gillen. <laughs> rest in Pete Gillen. I rest in Pete. R.I.P. Rest in Gillen. Repeat in Gillen. Gilligan's Island. Rest in Gilligan. Rest in, pe- rest in peace, Pete Gillen. <laughs> rest, rest in peace, Pete Gillen. Like, Pete Gillen's probably been out there wondering, why hasn't Rex Chapman sent me a Christmas card for the last 20 years? What? He's He's alive? He thinks me. He thinks I'm dead. I'm dead. This is rest in peace, Pete Gillen. I mean, what a what a dismount. What a punctuation on the end of that. Rest in peace. Any points to rest in peace, Pete Gillen? That guy was good. Rest in rest in peace, Pete Gillen. (laughs) The whole time I don't know who says it afterwards though. Someone goes, "There you go." Rest in rest in peace, Pete Gillen. There you go. There you go for a guy who's not dead. There you and go. He's resting because he's napping at home. <laughs> resting. The whole comment, and Rex kind of just he doesn't he doesn't speak with a lot of authority. You know, like he kind of 
he kind of has a little bit of of like shakiness to his voice, but there's it also doesn't help that he just he doesn't seem confident in this entire statement at all. Like he doesn't feel confident, and he, like he doesn't even believe what he's saying. He's not sure even if Providence says, "Did Providence really win? Is this real? Are they really in the Sweet 16? Like he's not is God Sham God really the point guard that I want to reference here? Like he seems about on a scale of one to ten of confidence, about a four the entire time. The first time. Since 25 years ago, when he had, when Pete Gillen had God sham God, rest in rest in peace, Pete Gillen. Go. <sighs> Do you think I would have loved to have been? You've been in those in studio. The producers had to have. Do you think the producers immediately? Because did he quickly? I, he immediately corrected himself on Twitter, <laughs> and he tried to. He, he was lighthearted about it, which was good. But, he did. He was like, "Good news, he's alive. Great." Oh man. And then someone had a selfie with Pete Gillen at a game and tweeted out and said, Hey, Rex, I just visited Pete. Here's a message from heaven. Here's Pete Gillen. Why did Rex think he was not alive? Why? Why? Rex. Rex Chapman murdered Pete Gillen. Right. Pete Gillen's going about his business, doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, he's you know maybe he's getting ready to call the game in the NIT. I don't know. Right. I don't know what he's doing. But Rex Chapman just went out and took a machete yes. to Pete Gillen. The first time since 25 years ago when he had when Pete Gillen had God sham God rest in rest in peace Pete Gillen. There you go. I mean him him and the Arizona guy need to get Rex and the Arizona guy just oh yeah that oh yeah he is alive that was not. That was not last year. <laughs> well, Arizona's got two quarterbacks who played a lot this year. Both started Scott and Foles, different type of styles. What type of challenges does that present as for you prepare for that? For Arizona? Arizona. No. I, mean, I guess I'm not following the question. Playing Washington. Exactly. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. Yeah. <laughs> You know, one of the underrated parts of that is Keith Mann. You can hear him, the sports information director. You can hear him in the background going, oh, and he's about to jump in, but that does not offer the life raft. He's like, oh, nah, I'll let you drown. What type of challenges does that present? For who? Prepare for that. For Arizona? Arizona. That's it. No. No. Nope. All right. We're playing Washington. I'm, I guess I'm not following the question. We're playing Washington. <laughs> Keith, man, we're playing Washington, you dope. The question. We're playing Washington. <laughs> I can't believe how well Bo play- I guess I'm not following the question is about as polite. For a guy that was typically ready to eat your face with, <laughs> even on factual, fair questions, he gets the most inaccurate Wrong question ever, and he handles it better than any question he's ever been asked in his life. I guess I'm. I guess I'm not following the question. I'm, I guess I'm not following the question. Washington. And then the guy hops back in. Exactly, my bad. Exactly, my bad. I mean, how does he? I forgot that he said exactly. Exactly, my bad. <laughs> that was last year. Yeah, we all know that, doofus. I mean, it's like if someone on set would have been like, actually, Rex. Pete Gillen's alive. Like, exactly. My bad. 
Exactly. You're right. He is alive. Totally wrong. <laughs> the first time since 25 years ago when he had when Pete Gillen had God sham God. Rest in rest in peace, Pete Gillen. There you go. Oh, that's right. That was John Cheney. <laughs> Apologies. Apologies. Exactly. Exactly. My bad. <laughs> that was last year. You hit him with an exactly. Exactly, exactly is something you say when like you you're you're the one that's been right the whole time and everybody exactly. else is my bad. Exactly, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was last year. Uh, I wanna you find bet. that guy. Who is you that bet. guy and where is he? We need to find him. We need to find him. Rest in peace, that Arizona guy. Rest in, pe- rest in peace, Pete Gillen. All right, let's take a full media timeout, a full media timeout from this award-winning podcast to talk to you about the beanery. And one of the things, at least for me, your boy loves just a straight-up black hot coffee or a straight-up black cold brew. And the beauty of both those drinks is you can have them all dang season. And fortunately, when you go get them all dang season, you won't be abused uh, like Nick Ball was. Uh, bye bye, John Bishop. Um, the the uh, okay, okay, all right. Uh, that that moaning sound is probably what you'd say as you're drinking it. It's like, oh, this is so good. Uh, or or if you wanted, you didn't want decaf, and they accidentally gave you decaf. That would be that would be a big time part of it. Uh, but the beanery and uh, Paul and the gang, their their motto is serving people coffee. That's what they do. And I love the pictures that they tweet out and customers tweet out about just the beautiful days with the long lines at the drive-thru that go through quickly. It just goes to show you just how popular uh, this place is. Uh, whether you want coffees or lattes, uh, this is a big day for the beanery region and also for a, a seat outside of the beanery region as you've got uh, Bo Pellini in the drop-off tournament today. This drop serves two purposes. One, it's a selling point for the beanery, and two, it's a big seat in the drop-off. I don't mind it being a latte, but it's got to be hot. All right, thank you very much. What do you think of the drop-off tournament? What do you think? Hot. All right, it is hot. Thank you very much, uh, Bo Pellini. But uh, Ashland, Papillion, and Gretna are the places to go, and you can... Come to them or they can come to you because they do have a mobile coffee truck. Uh, for more on that, you can send an email to them at info at com, and you can have the coffee truck. Paul and the gang uh, come to you. It'd be great. And again, they got food, bagels, cookies, breakfast sandwiches, muffins. They got an oatmeal and all those things are available all dang season. Oh! There's no question that you were just trying to get to that as quickly as possible. You need to get to the beanery as quickly as possible. It's the beanery serving people coffee. Last thing before we get out of here. We got Joe Scanlon is a new uh, morning show guy at uh, the NBC affiliate in Hastings, which is home to Alyssa and Travis, right, who do a great job there in the morning and quote our show a lot. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Joe has done sports there, uh, weekend sports, or, and, and now he's moving into a, the morning show role, so he's going to be with them. So now it appears that we have three people on this show 
that are going to attempt to one-up each other to quote the Chick and Nick show every single morning on a Central Nebraska TV show. Uh, Listen to this as uh, they discuss Joe. You can see where this is going. It's Joe Scanlon (laughs) (laughs) on the NBC in Hastings. Here we go. Definitely excited to uh, join the morning show, though. You know, I've watched, I've liked watching you guys, and you know, I, I really never got to see them working the sports in the night true. shift. So now I get to hang out with Travis, hang out with Alyssa, talk all the sports yes. with uh, all Travis. Sports. He will be Uncle Joe. <laughs> all the sports. For now all the sports. On, yes. so, Thank uh, goodness somebody else will talk sports instead of me because not my thing so yeah. much. It's- oh my God! <laughs> and it gets awkward at times. Come on, Brandon needs to get you more into sports. I, I, so. I'm well versed enough, just some yeah. of the stuff. I'm just not all the sports. Uh, <laughs> you can call me Uncle Joe. There we go. <laughs> Real quick, though. We got- <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. He had to be named Joe. He has to be covering sports. I want to know if this is a meritocracy or did he only get the job because they wanted a guy named Joe to be with Travis? Did Travis say, look, I don't know if he's good enough, but we want him because I want to call him Uncle Joe every day. <laughs> I think they were like, "Hi, right, Travis, two candidates. We got Dan Patrick. I know. Don't know how we've, we've got him. He really wants the gig. He's got family in Hastings. We got Dan Patrick or we got Joe. What do you think? Go with Joe. You know what he would say as we uh, sign off? He would say, Let's go with Joe. Rest in peace, Dan Patch. Rest in pe- rest in peace, Pete Gillen. There you go. I'm not happy about that. Shit and Nick. Yeah. Shit and Nick. Yeah. Shit and Nick show. Yeah. Here we go. Shit. Yeah. What in the world? Shit. Yeah. What in the world? Yes. Rest in pe- rest in peace, Pete Gillen. About who's this? <laughs> A Huda Media Production.